0: Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Marianne Lucas. I'm a missionary to Pucallpa, Peru, and I've been serving in YWAM, Youth with a Mission, for over 11 years. Six years in Argentina, and now over five years in Pucallpa, Peru. And so I put up a little video here. I was kind of doing two purposes with the video because I knew that you guys were going to be uh, starting the talks and the praying and the, and the looking forward to going on a missions trip to Pucallpa, Peru. So the first half of the video, I gave you some videos. Of the, I videotaped all of those, all of those animals, all of those scenes I videotaped um, on my cell phone to give you an idea of what the culture is like in Pucallpa. It's a beautiful culture. It's in the Amazon rainforest. We're just a few kilometers from pure Amazon rainforest. Um, but we are in a city, in, uh, in the rural part of the city, just right outside. We're only 15 minutes from the airport, about 20 minutes from all of the local central commercials, the, the malls, sorry. And from the center of the city is maybe 30 minutes. And so just giving you an idea of what it's like there. It's a beautiful place. There's a lot of people, beautiful people. Um, There's a lot of missions in Pucallpa because Pucallpa is considered the gateway to the jungle because we're along the Yucayali River where all of the communities and the native and indigenous peoples live. All the way into, like, you can go into the rainforest and find people who've never been touched by modern culture. So there are still unreached people groups that are in the Amazon rainforest. And that's how close we are to to these different cultures. So as you're praying and thinking through, the question that you should be asking yourself is not, should I go to Pukalpa? The question you should be asking yourself is, why shouldn't I go to Pucalpa? Because it's God's will. It's God's will to go and to spread the gospel. It's God's will to go and to bless and help people. So you should be asking yourself the question, why shouldn't I be going to Pucalpa? So I want to challenge you and encourage you with that. I know some of you follow me on Facebook, and every once in a while, it's not a lot, but every once in a while I'll put a challenge that we've had, a a special creature that maybe has wandered into our property, um, things that aren't normal here, but those are not the norm, just they're not the norm. And we do all precautions to make sure that you don't have to worry about those kind of things there. So, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to spread any. Bad news. You'll have to look up my Facebook and then maybe you can figure it out. But I want to encourage you and challenge you to take part in that. Uh, I'll speak a little bit this morning in, in my message and maybe point out a few things from, from the parts um, of what God's doing in Pucallpa. Um, in the last year, we had uh, the, the whole entire 2023 was a very challenging year for me personally as a missionary in, in, uh, in Peru. Um, We had a a lot of staff changes Um, for the last year. I don't know that when I was home in August, I was still at that point where I wasn't ready to, like, share that I'm the only one that lives at the YWAM base right now. Um, I live there alone. And, but I have a wonderful team of volunteers who uh, help us continue to do the ministry and the things that we're doing. We had a lot of uh, uh, people problems. We'll just put it that way. And so things happened, and people were either left or were asked to leave. So it was a year of a lot of transition and change for us in in Calpa. And God just did a lot of uh, foundation work in me and in, in the ministry and continuing to encourage and challenge and say, you know, it's not always going to be easy. Like it was a pruning. I I can describe it now as a pruning process where God was saying, I don't want you doing this anymore. These people weren't helping you. And this is what you need to be doing. And these are the people you need to be doing it with. And so it kind of made a whole transition of how we're doing the ministry right now in Waiwan Pucalpa. And I've done things that I've never done before, and it's not in my nature to just automatically do. So, uh, calling people, cold calling people I've never talked to before, and asking for help. And because I've done that, I've had the the most amazing experiences with volunteers and other YWAMers throughout Peru and throughout the world, who've come and helped us to continue to be able to do the projects that we're doing. Uh, Even now, we're going to be doing our next DTS, which was promoted at the end of the video, our fourth DTS in July, and we have a team coming from the northern part of the jungle of Peru who are going to help us do that school. And as of now, and in all of my five years of working with YWAM Pucalpa and the different DTSs, we've never had the interest for our schools as we do this year. We have interest from we have four students from we have four people from Cameroon that are working on their visa right now. We have some people from India we have uh, some interest from people in, in Europe from the United States, and many people from from the community. The indigenous communities in Pucallpa and, and in the northern part of the jungle who are calling and asking how they can do our school. And I'm like, God, you just took all of last year, this breaking and restructuring, and just did something really amazing that I, I don't even... I haven't even promoted the school yet. And I already have over 20 people interested in, in our next school. And I'm just like, wow, Lord, it's just amazing what, what you're getting ready to do. I, I, it's God. That's all I can say is God, he broke down... That's exactly. He broke down what the way I thought it had to be. It broke me down to be able to rebuild me and, re- and continue to show me his plans and his purposes for our work in Pukalpa. And it kind of plays a little bit into the word you guys have been going through Thessalonians over the past few. Um, weeks, and you're in your third week of the Unshakable Faith series. And I'm going to continue with that in chapter three today. I know that we have, we're going to read the whole chapter. It's a short chapter. And um, so we're going to go ahead and read the whole chapter. And then I want to share with you some points that God had put on my heart in regards to that. Because, um, yeah, we need to have unshakable faith. And more and more as we go through. From my perspective, okay, from my perspective as somebody outside who's seeing Instagram, who's seeing the social media, who's seeing the things that are on Twitter, who's seeing the things that are on um, some of the other ones that I can't remember their name, TikTok and Facebook, and all of these things, and seeing the cultural shift that's happening here in the United States. And I know a lot of what you see is extremes a lot of times. It's not like the norm, like all the time, but. It, it, kind of, it kind of scares you a little bit, kind of shakes you a little bit to think, wow, I can no longer be silent on these issues. I'm going to be forced at some point to take a stand. If I'm not already doing it, I'm going to be forced to take a stand, whether I like to or not, whether I want to be silent and just kind of keep the, keep the, the, the peace and everything. We're being forced to stand up for what is right and what is true. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's helping us to be firm in our faith and who we are as followers of Christ. So let's go ahead and read these verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm kind of glad that I didn't have to say that in Spanish this morning. Not an easy word to say. Um, the book of Thessalonians or Deuteronomy. That's also my challenge. But let's go with let's go with Thess, uh, Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 3, and we're going to read the all 13 verses. And I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. So, therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions. And love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live. If you are standing fast in the Lord, for what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. As we pray most earnestly night and day. That we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Amen. And as we say in Peru, the word of the Lord. So here we have Paul continuing to write this letter. You've heard from Pastor Paul the first week, and then you heard from Pastor D? Jeff. I just know him as Dean, so I have Dean in my head. Pastor Jeff, the second week, and this week you'll get to hear from me. The first week, Pastor Paul spoke about living ready for the second coming of Christ, because The motivation of this this book and the overwhelming theme of this book is the imminent return of Christ and how that belief fueled the church's actions and how they lived. So the first week, Pastor Paul spoke about living ready. The second week, Pastor uh, Jeff talked about walking worthy, like living your life in a manner that is worthy. And this week, I want to talk to you about don't Quit. Be faithful. Don't quit. Be faithful. The theme continues in chapter three. And as I was, I read through this chapter, I don't even know how many times. I've just kept reading through it, and I was like, okay, God, what is it you want to speak? What is the theme that you want to speak from this chapter? I read through chapters 1 and 2 and, and the rest of the chapters to, to make sure that I kind of was getting a feel for all of what was happening with Paul. I did a little bit of history, which I'm sure you've heard in the in the last few weeks, about the history behind the letter, how much time they were in Thess- uh, Thessalonica, and, and that they, they had been rushed out of Thessalonica. Thessalonica with persecution. They were chased out for preaching the gospel. So they left quickly. So that's what put this urgency and this, and this weight and this burden in Paul's heart for the, the, the people of Thessalonica. Because he had so, he, he wasn 't sure how they were going to respond to what had happened, like how were they going and, and didn't get a going to live? were they strong enough in their faith? I did a history and and, and didn't get a solid and i't know i don 't know what was spoken here, but somewhere between three months and eighteen months, they were in Thessalonica. I saw different recurring Themes of it could have been three months and it could have been up to 18 months that they were in Thessalonica. We don't know. But it wasn't a long time. A year and a half is still not a long time to establish a church and disciple people who never heard the gospel before. So either way, if it was three months or 18 months, it doesn't matter. It was still very quickly that he was taken out and they were pushed away from the church. And he wasn't sure are these people grounded? Are these people, do they know their faith? Are they firm in their faith? And so he had this burden to know how they're doing, especially because of all the persecution that was happening. And and the overall theme that, that, that we can see Paul speaking, he's saying he has this importance of being steadfast and blameless. Being steadfast and blameless before our God and Father in waiting for the second coming of Christ. And not to give up. Don't quit. Be faithful. He reminds them that the sufferings were not unexpected, but they were predicted. I told you this was going to happen. I told you before that it was going to happen. So just hold on to that. It's not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that we're going to have afflictions in this walk with Christ. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that things aren't going to be easy. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that people are going to come against you for believing in the truth and in the gospel. It shouldn't be a surprise. Especially if you're on social media, it shouldn't be a surprise. You put a Bible verse up and oh my goodness the things that people will respond. Oh, that's so that's so fundamental. That's so that's that's you know uh, it's not it's not based on truth. It's not based on my truth. You know, and all of these things happen and we start going, well, I don't understand. I'm, I, why is it so difficult? I thought it would be easy once I followed Christ because I had Jesus in my life now. Well, yeah, it is easier when you have Jesus with you and you walk with him and, you be, and you're being faithful and you're studying the word and you stay in that word and you just trust in him. Even though it's difficult, you know it's easier than trying to do it without him. See, Paul and his uh, companions had established this church, and they were forced to leave by opponents of the gospel because of persecution. And I started thinking a little bit, and I didn't put these on notes, but it was something that was going through my my heart and mind, is as humans, we have a fight or a flight response to everything. And so I started thinking of results of persecution what are some of the results of persecution and I came up with four and there might be more and there might be less I don't know but it's from my perspective okay four things you can see in persecution first is the question why me the surprised I can't believe this is happening to me why are people against the truth of God or the victim mentality poor me Why do I have to suffer with so much sickness? Why do I have to suffer with so much persecution? Why do I have to suffer so much? We start going in this, why me? We go into ourselves and start thinking of ourselves. And we start thinking, well, what did I do wrong? I'm not in sin. Why doesn't God love me? I've heard, I've heard why whammers Missionaries who who are suffering usually with finances because that's usually the biggest challenge a YWAMer has say God doesn't love me because He doesn't give me money, and I'm like, oh dear Jesus, I like stand up in faith. What are you doing? What are you doing to go against this idea? You, Paul or Jesus when the taxpayers came. He's like, yeah, we got no money. Peter, go do some fishing and take some money out of the fish's mouth and go pay our taxes. So he had a solution for the the problem. And what we need to be doing is not going and running into ourselves and going inside of ourselves, but running outside of ourselves and going to Jesus. Jesus, what do I do in the face of this persecution? I have the questions. I have the why me questions. It comes, it happens. It happens. And in, in big crises in, the, in, in our lives, there, are, there comes times where we just stop and say, why is this happening to me? Even, even the questions have come, even to me, what have I done wrong? But then it, there's a point where you just have to stop and say, it has nothing to do with me. This is part of, of the Christian life. This is part of walking out in faith. This is the part of the persecution that Paul preached. That Jesus, even Jesus himself, spoke on this issue. I have a verse here in um, John 16, 33. Let's see if I can open my tablet. It's being difficult. There we go. John 16, said this. I have said these things to you that in me... You may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. He didn't say you might have tribulation. He said you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So who do we need to run to? Not me and the why me. I need to run to him because he's already overcome it. I need to ask him, what is my response in the face of this persecution, in the face of this opposition, in the face of this crisis that I'm living? Now, many of us will never face persecution for our faith. Just last night I was looking on on Facebook, and um, if you're familiar at all with um, Iris Ministries and Heidi Baker, Her ministry is in Madagascar, and she put something out last night, and it doesn't matter if you're for or I'm not promoting or not promoting Heidi Baker. I'm just saying she put something out last night in Madagascar. There's a widespread persecution of the church, and that many of the people that she ministers to in the northern part of the country have been killed for their faith just yesterday. She said some of the people had escaped and had made it, and and she was interviewing them on this this clip that she had put on the Facebook and was explaining what was happening. This happens in today's time. Many of us will never face that persecution where we're here in the middle of a service and armed soldiers or terrorists will enter and shoot us and kill us just for being in a church. Many of us will never experience that. Our biggest crisis will be a sickness or a financial issue or a job loss or a rebellious child. Those will be our biggest oppositions. But even in that, are we willing to stand and say, God, I will be firm in my faith. I will believe you that you have control and that you know better than I do. That's been my response. And I've lived a few things. I may maybe not as bad as some of you and, and maybe worse than some of you, but I have lived some things where I was able to stop and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to be firm in my faith. I believe your word. I know that you have overcome the world. And because of that, I come to you and I ask you help me in this circumstance. Give me the faith that I need to keep going. Give me the faith that I need to keep walking and believing even in the middle of this crisis. And God has always been faithful. So, the first thing that we do in persecution is we tend to recoil. The second thing we want to do is revenge. <laughs> revenge. We have this never forget, never forgive. It's not just Americans, it's all over the world. See, something happens, they'll put up the face of the person who died or was killed, and then right next to it says, never forget. Never forgive, because we have this revenge mentality. Like Montigo Montoya, if you know, you know. He said, "My name is amigo. My name is Montigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die." If you know the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And he goes his whole entire life for revenge for his father, and in the end, it gives him no satisfaction. No satisfaction. But in our, in our human mentality, we're like, we want to come up against what happened to us. A few years ago, and thankfully you can't find it anymore unless you really, really, really look for it. We had a couple of people do podcasts, Spotify, Google, Apple, speaking against YWAM Pucalpa and against me, personally attacking me. And it was very ridiculous, and it was hurtful. It was slanderous. And it was I just remember when I first started hearing it, I just stood up in the middle of listening to it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was so mad, the things that were being said. And I got up and I just walked out of the base. All of my staff were looking at me. They had no idea what was going on because I was listening to it with ear. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I, just start, I stormed out of the base and I went down the street because I have some pastor friends. And I was like, I need counseling right now. And I just went straight to them. And I'm like, listen to what these people are saying. And, 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 the, and, and the, first, the first response was anger. My, my initial response was anger. How could they say these things about me? And even just joking about my Spanish accent and how bad it was. Talking about how bad the food was that we served on the base. Things like that. And then, and then it got worse. And then it got worse. And I was like, oh, my dear Jesus. And I just went there, and I remember the pastor, his, he was saying, you should do a, a public rebuttal video of every single point. And, and he's like, and embarrass the guy, embarrass him. <laughs> and I was like, no, part of me wants to, yes, but that's not the right thing to do. I even went to a lawyer and I asked him, what do I do in this case? Because it's slanderous. And it's out there. There's nothing I can do to pull it down. It's not like I can write Spotify and say, hey, take this down. I can do a complaint like on Facebook if it's something that's inappropriate. And then in 24 hours, they shut it down. You can't do that. It's out there. It's just out there. And I just remember talking to this lawyer. And he's like, well, there's, uh, you have a couple things of recourse. You know, we can, if you automatically do it in Peru, you're not innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until you can prove you're innocent. So they they just put you right in jail, and then you have to prove your innocence. It's a process. It's a whole crazy. But he's like, you know, he'll get minimum two years of jail for slander. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I just want cease and desist. And he's like, well, you could write all of the the denominations because he's going around from church to church. And he, he wasn't doing it just to us. He continued to do it with other churches. He's burned his own bridges now. So I'm just like, okay, Lord, you took care of it. But... In doing this process, he's like, you could do that. And I'm like, and everywhere he goes, somebody will bring it up. So he'll get angry again. And he'll put more stuff out. And I just felt like God said, just let it go. Just let it go. The people who know you know this is not truth. The people who don't, if they listen any amount of time, will hear criticism in everything he says. And I was like, okay, Lord, not easy. My human spirit wanted... This isn't fair. This isn't fair. I'm here serving the people of Peru. I'm giving everything I can, and here I am, stuck in this. The third thing is retreat. We want to run away. We want to run and hide. We don't want anything to do it. We want to go back to our comforts. We want to go back to our sinful lifestyles. The minute we're confronted, it's like, I have the right to do this now. I have the right to be angry. I have the right to not forgive because they abused me. They hurt me. So we start retreating and go back to sin. And then the fourth point is we surrender or quit. We just say, throw in the towel. We're just like, no more. I'm done. I got nothing. And go back to whatever. Go back to work. And I had all of these responses. I was like, you know what? I even stood in the middle of the base outside and I was like, is it my turn to go, Lord? Am I the one, am I the problem? Am I the one that needs to go? And I was like, you have to answer me, Lord, because I'm, I, I'm ready. If you say yes, I'm the problem, I'm gone. I'm home tomorrow because I'm not here because I'm enjoying this right now. And God said, no, I am not finished with you, and I'm not finished with the vision in Pucallpa. And I said, all right, God, then give me the strength to keep going. God is, in. Paul knew, he's admonishing the, the Thessalonians and saying, you know what, be firm. The first thing he wanted to encourage them in all of this persecution and all that was happening, be firm. Don't let these things squash you or push you back or cause you to quit or cause you to retreat or cause you to rebel. Be firm. Get into the word of God declare the word of god over your situation go to god ask him for strength ask him for guidance ask him for direction god told me what to do wasn't necessarily the answer i thought he would give me but he told me just let it go just let it go i got it under control and i was like okay god let it go singing disney songs let it go he just took it it's gone and now, I, I recently, I was just like, I wonder if it's still... I couldn't find it. And I, was, and I know it's there, and I was looking for it. It is there, but it's very, very well hidden now. So it's not like something that somebody's going to stumble upon when they're like, hey, let's try a YWM Pucalpa. So they're not going to come across this criticism about our base and our ministry very easily. They have to dig really, really deep to find it. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you took care of it. And I was just like... God said he would, just let it go. And Paul is is admonishing the Thessalonians with Timothy. He sent him to see how they were doing. And when they came back with such a good word, he's like, I'm so glad that you guys are still faithful. Continue to be firm in your faith. The things that you know, what does the word say? Continue to live that out. Don't let this persecution, you know what? It's going to come, but be firm. Jesus even said, Like I said in John 16, 33, it's going to come. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So when you come across this time, just go to him, read the word, know the word, live the word. Stay in the word and ask him, and he will give you what you need. The second thing he, he admonishes is to continue to be holy. Don't go running to sin. It's so easy. What do we do when things go bad? We go and we look for ice cream. We look for potato chips. We go to eat the comfort foods because it makes us feel good. Some of us that some of us it's other vices. We run to Netflix. We run to Disney plus we run to Hulu or whatever your your streaming services and you look for that thing. That's a comfort that you can hide in. Because you're just like. I can't I can't deal with right now. Like we have those t shirts. I'm not adulting right now. I can't adult right now. I just can't. And it's like, no, don't do that. Be firm, be holy. Don't let the hard times tempt you and bring you away from God. Do not let that bring you away from God. And lastly, one of the points that he brought out was be loving. Love one another because it's so easy when hard times come, I start thinking of me, myself, and I. And I look at how am I going to protect me? How am I going to provide for me? How am I going to secure myself? When he's saying, no, continue to love one another because you know what? Your brothers and your sisters are also going through trials and tribulations and persecutions and and different obstacles in their life. And they, too, need what you have to be able to offer them, to walk in love with them, to encourage them, to read the word to them, to pray with them. Last week, I went to church. We've been doing the the whole series that you guys did last year. And all of a sudden, it just escaped me the Bible Engagement Project, and I've been following, and, I, and, and we're, we're kind of modified it to use it for our purpose, but we're like, we're going to do the story of God from Genesis to Revelations, and so I've been following it every week for the, almost the last eight months. Um, we have about three months more to go, and we'll finish up the series, but last week I came in to do the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and God said, just as I was standing up, and he hasn't done this in a very long time, he said, no, preach this same word that I'm preaching to you today. And we ended with our families. We had families that came that day that were broken. They were facing opposition. They were facing challenges. And we ended with just a time of praying for one another. Families praying together. Praying for people who, who just needed God's help and answer in the face of crisis. Because God wants to be that for us. He doesn't want us to quit. He doesn't want us to throw in the towel and to turn around and to go back. He wants us that we would be firm, that we would look outside of ourselves and love one another in the middle of the crisis. And he found that that, he he was surprised at how well the church was doing. And they were doing so well because they were loving and encouraging one another. And how many times sometimes we come to church and we don't even say hello to anyone. Sometimes people are so disconnected in church, they come and then they go and then they're not connected. And nobody knows what crisis or problem that they're going through. And they go through it alone and then we don't even notice when they're not here anymore. But we're called to be a connected. I love love Bridge Community Church for that. The word community. Has a purpose to it, people. Working together. I changed the name of our church. I'm the pastor of a church in Peru. And we changed the name of the church from the Smyrna Church, which is one of the churches in Revelations. We changed it to the Missionary Community Church. Because we're all missionaries, the missionaries come. But we changed it to community because I wanted them to have this sense that this is their home, this is their family. And the people that come are children. Over 40 children come to our church. Right now, as we're here, they're having their children's ministry right now. The church combined together and decided that for the four weeks that I won't be there, they're doing one big, large, family-oriented service. Oriented towards the children, but integrating the parents and the adults that come into the service. Because we have 40 uh, uh, children and about 10 adults. Most of these kids come on their own. They come in there. They come without slippers and flip-flops. They just come barefoot. They come dirty. They come without breakfast. Their hair is up here. And they just come to church because they feel like family there. And I was telling somebody the other day. I said this would not happen in any other church, but I'm in the church and I'm up front either praying or doing the message, and a kid'll come late and they'll still run up to me and give me a hug and then run back to children's church. And I'm like, it's ca- every single Sunday. It's not just a one-off one kid who just loves their pastor. The kids just come in, they hug me, and then they go run back to the kids' class. And I'm like, this would not happen in an American church. It would be a disruption. And I just kind of laugh at it. I'm like, this is who God's wired us to be. But to kind of close, because I know we're, we're kind of at a time that we need to be closing the message But Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians. He was encouraged to hear how they were doing. And he was looking forward to a time where he could go back and and, and continue to encourage them and build them up in what they were lacking. But he was so encouraged to find that they were not quitting, that they were faithful to him, that they were being firm, that they were being holy, and that they were loving one another. And it's a challenge that's been given to us now to continue to live out the same thing as we go through our situations here in in our time on the earth. The challenges that we have, that we would be firm and love one another. Be firm in your faith, brothers and sisters. Read the word of God. I tell this to my church every week. I said, read your word. Read it. You have to know it. You don't just come here and listen to it from me. You don't just listen to it on the radio all week long, a preacher or, or whatever, read, uh, doing a, a message. That's great that you're doing that, but you need to read the word of God for yourself. We've done everything to get Bibles in their hands so they can read it and challenge them to continue reading it. Because who's going to teach them? Who, how are they going to know if they're not reading it? They're just going on what little tidbit they're getting every week from me. And hopefully, I'm giving them the word that they need for that week, for every challenge they're gonna face. And I can't do it. Read the word of God, be firm in your faith. Declare the word of God, believe in the word of God, trust in the word of God. Even when nothing else makes sense, be firm in your faith. Don't quit, be faithful, be holy. Don't walk in sin. Clean your life up. It's a lifestyle to prepare for the coming of Jesus. We don't know. Jesus could come back in the next five minutes or he could come back in the next 50 years. Either way, I know I'm going to see him in less than 50 years. I'm either going to die or he's coming. One of the two's happening. So I can't live my life forgetting. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't think about the second coming of Christ every day. All right, I'll be honest, just in case you're feeling a little guilty. We're all in the same group. I don't think about the second coming of Christ every day. I think about Jesus every day. I don't always sit down and have a a great quiet time every single day. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes the day gets going. I pray almost all the time. It's just become a lifestyle for me to pray. Pray in the car. Pray when I'm walking. Pray when I'm in the bathroom. Pray when I'm in the shower. Pray when I'm washing dishes. (coughs) It's just become a lifestyle to talk to Jesus. But we have to be firm in our faith. We have to be holy. And we have to learn to love one another. If you're not loving one another, you're not loving God. You don't love God. The more closer you get to God, the more you're going to want to love people. The more you're going to want to bless people. The more you're going to want to be with them and encourage them. And they're going to want to be with you and want to encourage you. So why don't you stand up to your feet this morning. I know the, the worship team has one closing song. But I would like to just take a, a few minutes, just a couple of minutes to pray, to respond to the word of God. Because maybe this morning, you know, you've come with challenges. You're coming at a point where you're not sure what's going on. I know there were times in the, in the, in the last year where if, if it was left to my own device and my own Marianne thinking and my own humanity... I would not be living in Pucalpa, Peru anymore. I would be back here, living in Pennsylvania, trying to figure my way out. Looking for the comforts to go back to what were the comforts of life here. Not everything is comfort, but not everything's difficult either. When you walk with Christ, every day can be an adventure. Every day can be a blessing. Every day can be a miracle to see what God's going to do and how he's going to do it. I still sit back every day in the last few weeks and months and I'm just like every single thing that's happened over the last few months God has just brought us people he's brought us servants he's brought us, he's brought us through some really difficult things, the finances keep coming the people keep coming the projects keep coming and it's just amazing, it's like just be firm just be firm, just be firm don't quit the breakthrough is coming The blessing is coming. The provision is coming. The answer is coming. If anything, the answer is be still and know that I am God. Stand firm. Don't let the waves of this world throw you from here and to there. Don't quit. Be faithful. Maybe this morning you need prayer. Maybe this morning you need prayer because you feel like that, Lord, I'm weak. And it doesn't mean that. You're falling away from God or anything. You just need prayer. We need to love one another. And be humble enough to say, I need prayer this morning. I need help because I'm going through something. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a difficulty. It doesn't matter what it is, brothers and sisters. It does not matter. God knows. And he wants to lift you up. He wants to encourage you. He wants to strengthen your faith. If you want prayer this morning, I'm going to invite you to come to the front. We're going to just take a minute, and we're just going to pray for you. I know there's a prayer team here. Somebody can surround you. They can put their hands on you. They can pray for you, encourage you, speak whatever word that God has put on their hearts to give you this morning. But if you want prayer this morning, I invite you to come to the front. Just come. Find a space here at the altar. Just take a minute and say, God, I'm I'm struggling. God, I'm struggling. I'm kind of in that valley where I'm like I just want to throw in the towel it's exhausting, I'm tired or maybe it's just I'm exhausted I need strength, help me give me a word, give me an encouragement something, even sometimes it's just a hug say God I know you're with me, I know you love me so if you want prayer this morning I invite you to come to the front and we're just going to start praying don't miss the opportunity we're here to encourage and love we're not here to spread the rumors and put all the things on the grapevine that they say we're here to love you to encourage you to challenge you to let god show his love to you to show that he is with you he's not against you He is for you yeah the enemy he's he's pushing he's pushing he's pushing but god is greater amen let's pray Father God, I just thank you this morning, Lord God, for your love and your mercy and your grace. God, I thank you for your word that reminds us. Lord God, it tells us what we can expect in this life. And that yes, it's not always going to be easy. But the promise that we have is that you will be with us. The examples of David saying in Psalm 23, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear. Your rod and your staff, they comfort. God, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, that you have overcome the world. And God, we just lean into you this morning. We lean into your love. We lean into your mercy. We lean into your grace. And God, and we just ask, Lord God, that this morning that you would help us, Lord God, that maybe somebody came here today with this idea, this is it, that today you want to tell them, don't. Continue to be firm in your faith. Continue to be holy. To continue to love one another. And Father, I pray that they would receive that love from you this morning. God, would just give you glory and honor this morning. In Jesus' name.